another episode of Anime Attaché. We are a part of the Fundamentals Network, and this is an introduction show to all things anime. <laughs> In season one, we explored My Hero Academia, and season two, we are diving right into Cowboy Bebop. My name is B Zelda, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm going to be your host and sensei for the show. Now, before we get started, I'm doing my all-time best to not actually look at my camera so I don't have to acknowledge my cast, but I think it's time to acknowledge <laughs> them. <laughs> Steven, how are you today? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm here. Uh, Steven, he, him. The Garcias are out of control. They I think, are I think, out of control. <laughs> I, think that, I think there's going to be some outtakes at the end of this episode that y'all are probably going to want to listen to to give any context to what's happening right now. Please. <laughs> uh, Kelsey, how are you doing yeah. today? Kelsey, she, her, I am feeling great. I'm feeling funny. <laughs> I am so hilarious. <laughs> like I got my funny bone. I'm maximum. ready to go. <laughs> Amazing. Excellent. Excellent. And we have our exchange student, Chris. Yes. I Every time you say that, I feel compelled to do an accent. And then I'm like, these people don't know me. Like, I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to alienate these people right off the bat. I mean, exchange student can be from literally anywhere. You can be an exchange student from... That's true. I'm an exchange student from Ohio, so... Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Are you going to... Which is a wild place. Do, do you have a can of pop ready? A can there? of pop. Um, can of pop. I... Hi. I live like an hour from Ohio. Is it that different? No, I don't... I just was picking a random state that I don't live okay. in, so... <laughs> um yeah i'm chris i use she they pronouns and i am super stoked to be here talking bebop yes we are finally at the episode that everybody has been waiting for it has been <laughs> everybody everyone <laughs> everyone and their grandparents so thank you because we are on episode nine jamming with edward uh which by the way if your grandparents aren't listening to this show you should probably share it with them yeah, just I think put your phone on speakerphone, maybe? We have a lot we have a lot to offer that generation. Do we? I think in our in our anime expertise, I think this is how we bridge the generational gap. Uh-huh. Is is through anime attache and Alright, so we'll make it part of our intro. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your grandparents, this is anime attache. We're gonna make a shirt that's anime attache for your grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll wear that when I'm old (laughs) oh heck but until then Kelsey uh, could you give us a nice recap about what happened this episode it was relatively streamlined so I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping I can do it and Steven hold on Steven might die go let him die (laughs) I knew you were about to start talking so I was going to try to like bail so I didn't cough (laughs) in the microphone and then I got stuck (laughs) You were mad at me earlier for clapping. Because <laughs> that was an intentional. That was an intentional action. There wasn't even. That wasn't even like a "I love you, but what are you doing?" Look. That was like a "Who the fuck are you right now?" Look. It was so incredible. Who do oh you think God. you are? So you have known me. We've known each other our entire lives. Why that surprised you? I have no idea. But um, it's okay, still, it's it's still deeply hurtful. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so the recap. Oh, so we tried this. We tried this episode to try to just experience it um, as opposed to taking notes. Um, and so I didn't take any notes. So we're going to do our best. So 
We start with lasers in the desert, basically making crop circles. Um, and a cute little redheaded teenager child. That's an accurate description. Yes. Kind of just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of just laying there. It feels like. And then um, the Earth is very concerned about who's making these crop circles. That's not what they call them, but. So they put out a bounty on whatever hacker was able to make these with the with the satellite lasers. And so this cute little teenager redhead child decides that they are going to figure out who the hacker is. And we find out that this child's name is Edward, specifically because Edward speaks in the third person almost exclusively. Um, and Edward hacks in, figures out that the satellite itself has like become aware it's like and and it's lonely so it created these crop duster crop dusters <laughs> that's absolutely not what I... that's no <laughs> can you imagine a satellite in space creating crop, crop dusters oh my god no. amazing biological okay. warfare <laughs> crop circles okay to remind like himself of the olden times when the earth was beautiful and the humans used to create them or aliens. Um, and then, so Ed figures out that Bebop is looking for the hacker too. And for whatever reason, Ed is really excited about this. Um, that doesn't really give context to why Edward is following Bebop, but we find out that like Edward has been watching them. Edward's fanboy. Yeah. Or well, girl, we find out at the end. Yeah. At the very end, yeah, Faye yeah. says that. But anyway, so um, Edward finds out that it's Bebop and hacks into their computer and is like, I can help you, but we have to save the satellite because it's aware and I want to be my, I want it to be my friend, but also you're going to owe me a favor. And Faye, like, we find out promises Ed this favor. Um, and then they ha- can't use their computers when they go to the satellite which of course, or else thousands of lasers will point at them. And then of course they set off the lasers anyway. (laughs) And Faye has to be the decoy. And then they download the satellite information and then take it to the police. But they uh, once again, don't get a bounty. So now we're basically one for nine Uh on collecting (laughs) a bounty. Because you can't collect a bounty on a computer. And then Faye is trying to leave Earth without taking Edward, which apparently was what was promised. Mm-hmm. Um, but Edward is so skilled at hacking that they use, like, a, basically a remote control car thing to bring the spaceship back, gets on the spaceship, becomes part of Bebop. And at the very end, Spike says, there's three things I hate most in the world. Children, animals, and women with attitude. And why do we have all three of them on our ship? He says that to Spike. And then I said Spike wouldn't. I mean, yeah, Spike wouldn't do well Mm-mm. at our house. Um, and that's that was my recap. Fabulous. Ooh. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh, that felt a little. We, did, we, we didn't really point out ooh la la. Oh, I forgot to say ooh la la. There was so many quotable Edward moments. Yes. <laughs> so many. For me, it was the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> So good. I mean, so that's good. what I did when I was when I was a child playing with remote control cars. Yeah, a child teenager of indeterminate age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Age, ageless, 
is Edward and Eldritch being? Oh, Most you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to start this off by saying I have no idea what I was expecting Edward to be, but like not even anything like that in a good way. Yeah. Like I love this, but I for I mean I was expecting it like Edward to be like a grown man basically. Yep. Honestly, that was my expectation. But I love it that that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So so I had in in all of my anime expertise seen seen Cowboy Bebop gifs as um B and I both do the social media, so look up gifs and stuff. And I'd seen I'd seen the character of Edward on gifs, and I was like, I don't understand what this is about. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Uh... I have no context. And then when Edward showed up in this episode, I still feel confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love it. But B, this is the moment you've been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, B, tell so. us how you're feeling. <laughs> Finally, uh, overjoyed. I got to re-experience this episode because, like, so I have not seen Cowboy Bebop for maybe five, six years on, like, my second rewatch, which I never got past, like, episode 10. Um, so we're really getting close to how much I have can kind of remember watching. Um so this was fantastic to rewatch again. Um, it was as funny and as delightful as I wanted. Uh, Edward fits right in with the crew because of all these selfless acts. You have so much power, chaotic, good and bad. Um, and like, nonetheless, they still use it for the things that they deem kind. Uh, and mm. I live and die for that. The sound effects, the ooh la la, amazing. <laughs> um, and I just, I know about some interactions coming up that I can't wait for. And I'm just excited for the crew to finally be whole again. Whole for the first time, but whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I'm glad I got to share this with everyone. I know. It was was wild. It was very interesting. The, the, one of the, one of my favorite parts of this episode was at the very beginning when we meet Edward and he's just like laying on rocks, I guess, (laughs) listening to the radio hacking. I yeah, wasn't really totally sure. sure what he was doing. Um, or they. They. Um, <laughs> and, and there's just, like, a weather report. But instead of, like, light showers or afternoon yeah. rain, light, light rock showers. <laughs> like, just casual. <laughs> Which, not to be that person, because I'm just saying, like, they said there were moon rock showers. And they were happening a lot. And I just want to know if the moon is falling apart what's happening with gravity and you know what i mean yeah like those are all very good questions that hopefully anyway will be i'm just saying they mm. will oh i don't know hopefully oh i don't know <laughs> well, hopefully i'm just saying plot holes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this was all. kind of a little bit of insight into earth as well because so far we've seen earth mentioned a lot kind of as like who lives on earth like ew like earth was just like they they shot yeah. on earth they talked about it like it was like some scum rock and like i get it i mean but... isn't it though <laughs> right <laughs> isn't it though this is actually written by a historian who pulled off go- going to the future and coming back this yeah. is this yeah, is time where visited our headed. timeline and we're like oh my god and we're like Oof. <laughs> Whew, trash terrible awful why is it on fire please let me know <laughs> Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and then we learned a little bit about like the planet's weather patterns, but like, can you blame Edward for wanting to literally get off that shit rock? Like that planet Earth sucks. 
Um, no. So kind of seeing that Edward has been following the ongoings of the Bebop crew was neat because like they knew what they wanted they knew how they wanted to get off this rock they knew who they wanted to work with because they probably wanted people with similar moral leanings despite what the outward appearances are and like they know that this team scores oh for nine or what is it one for nine (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they obviously don't care about the bounty Mm -mm. they're happy to share yeah that i i'm so intrigued to learn more about now that we now that we have a full crew, it seems like, w- how these characters all fit together. Because we started to figure out, like, Faye, Faye's looking for money. Mm-hmm. And and so this is this is a business decision for her to be with them. But also, like, a little bit of a protection thing and, like, just a little safer in numbers. Spike is Spike, just kind of floating aimlessly through the galaxy. Um, <laughs> Jet's trying trying to be a good dad. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> come on, Spike. We- we can get a bounty. Don't use the missiles. Cost, <laughs> they cost too much. Cost too much, and they veer a little to the left. They're wonky. Yeah, the cheap yeah. ones don't don't help anyway. Um, but Edward Edward is a wild card. They are so. I I love the interaction with the cops. That yeah. was one of my favorite favorite scenes of of Edward taking over this police jet <laughs> and just crashing it into the ground, and the two police being like. Uh... (laughs) I feel like oh sorry I was just gonna ask I think Chris more because I know you've watched limited like do we ever figure out Edward's story or are they just who they are and that's what we know I mean I don't know why you think I would tell you that it's Uh way more fun for you to not know know so I will say I will say there's a lot of questions you have now that will be resolved about a okay. lot of things, not just Edward. I love to hear it. Um, I love to hear There's it. a lot of questions that will, and that's why, you know, I don't know if, if you heard last episode, but this narrative, one of the things they do very well is give you teeny nuggets. And mm-hmm. some of them are, are very overt. You're like, okay, this person is from their past. They are speaking about shared memories. And some of them are very, very subtle. Um, so they give you like breadcrumbs a lot of the way through which is like frustrating in a fun way is that what i don't know yeah That's the word no, I'm absolutely of. yeah um it definitely feels like there's not like any resolution either right like nine episodes in i would have thought that some of the breadcrumbs from episode one would have been explained but i feel like all i'm getting is more and more right without any resolution so i'm like is this just gonna be how it is is the show gonna be over and we're gonna have no idea what's going on i mean on? they're uh, okay uh, yeah, i don't know you there are i'm gonna tell you you should brace yourself that you may have one or two questions that are not, not answered overtly that's not good for me but the majority of your questions the majority of your questions are answered I would say because it, 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 it almost feels like you're putting together a thousand piece puzzle without without a reference. Yeah. Picture. Yeah. Right. Or you've seen the reference picture once. You're just like, what is like, I see that all these things are somehow connected, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. this is just chaos, which I guess when you have a we've we've talked about this a couple times when you have a 20 minute show. How much information can you really cram in? How, how much information right. can you can you give? And and it is very I. Chris, you mentioned this last time where it's not, it's not, there's not a lot of exposition in the show. It's not how it's written, which I think, especially in today's style of writing is very popular, right? Mm-hmm. Giving, 
giving people lots of information and giving them background and, and, and building this whole world and then telling a story in it is, is how most shows I feel like are, are written at least currently. Um, and so having this like more like very like vignette character focused, like little stories and having to piece those together is just, it's so different than most media. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say too, something to consider is like, think about how this show would feel if in episodes one and two, we learned everything about Spike and Faye and Jet. We meet Edward immediately and we know everything about them. All of the rest of this would hit so differently. It would not be. It would not be the same. I'm not going to say it wouldn't be as impactful because it's still telling a story, but. Yeah. The way they've broken it down allows you to slow down and figure out which pieces you identify with and which you don't um, without having the answer as to who the good people are and who the bad people are. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like these are question these are characters who sometimes make questionable decisions mm-hmm. and it forces you without having that larger context to kind of like I like do I identify with this? Do I do I empathize with this character in this moment? Maybe you do, and then you find out more information later, and you're, you know, you would see that differently. So I think it's they break it down, and it allows you to digest it in a more meaningful way. I think this way than if you had all the answers at the beginning. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's a good insight. It's making me think about like we've talked a lot about Spike. Obviously, sure. he's the main character, <laughs> being this sort of aimless person dissociating and wandering through space mm-hmm. and and like kind of as you're saying that chris it made me think of like that's kind of how this has felt almost like the writers intentionally are are doing this to to reflect that and have have the viewers understand a little bit more of what spike is going through through that style of writing i guess mm-hmm. chris um did you ever watch mushishi i have not seen that no no, okay. Um, Cause like, so my my take on this, like my my perspective is a little bit like a lot of anime that is really popular, like all your shonen, mm-hmm. um, they do this thing which I love and I hate, where they explain everything. You know, they punch the enemy and mm-hmm. then they will explain why they punched the enemy with what fist they did it and like the amount of force that was applied. Right. And then the enemy hits the ground and they start to reveal their plan. And there's so much conversation about what I should understand. And they tell me what I'm supposed to understand. Whereas right. Cowboy Bebop leaves so much of that up to mm-hmm, us yeah. to interpret. Um, and that's just kind of like when it comes to anime, that is such a unique thing. And there's been very few that really just, you kind of have to sit in it a lot. And you, yeah. you got to think about like, what did I just see? Because we can talk about everything that was on the surface. But then as the show starts to progress, we find out that there's so much kind of underneath what was mm-hmm. initially given to us. And I hecking love it. Something that, I mean, so... Uh, I'm not spoiling anything by telling you that there's no second season of Cowboy Bebop. So Mm -hmm. it's a one and done type of thing, right? And uh, the creator has said that he knew the ending when he started the beginning. So I love that. I, what I think is really painful, but also beautiful about this story is like, 
it, it doesn't answer a lot of, not a lot. It doesn't answer some questions, but that's exactly how life is. Like you will move through life, not getting mm-hmm. answers to some things that you may take with you forever. It's so there's something very relatable in the ambiguity there, I think. Um, and also it just makes good TV. Like we're yes. still talking about <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. You know what I mean? Like just from a marketing later. perspective, mm-hmm. it makes good media to not give everything away. So, well, and and it, it, I the more I'm watching it, the more I get the sense not that not that you ever make a show that isn't for entertainment and for consumption. Like it's a consumed sure. form of media. Like, but but it it feels very much written in a way that was like the writer was like, this is the story I'm going to tell regardless of like like i'm not going to be swayed by by marketing or or anything like that this is this is my art form and i'm going to embrace that and i'm going to tell this specific story um and i'm not writing it for the masses i'm writing it for the people who will see this and relate to it and and feel it right um and analyze it and talk about it because because it is it is interesting how i mean every episode we have we have we have a conversation like this where it's like on the surface, we just watched this goofy show about this kid hacker. This kid who blows up like a cop car, and the cops are like, "Oh no!" and they're like, "Hi!" and it's like, "What?" <laughs> right. And who who treats who treats other people's vehicles like remote control cars right. and makes like fun, makes friends makes best friends with godlike satellites. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all the while just being like, "Hee hee hee hee." Yeah. Um, and. And so on the surface, like this is just quirky and weird. And then, and then, like, like I was, I just thought about this moment where, like, Spike was like at the beginning, he was like, "I'm not really interested in hackers. This is boring." Yep. Um. And then you, Spike, spends like the whole first half of this episode is not even involved in it. And then he overhears that like there's this like impossible thing that happens has to happen and he's like he's like oh i'm i'm into i'm into that like, sign me up yes. <laughs> yeah it, it reminds me of um in lord of the rings where it's like gimli's like small chance of success certainty of death like what are we waiting for yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that that sort of vibe oh, where gosh. he's like but that's also so telling of character too right like yeah that's well and that's what i was gonna say it's like it's like he's looking for things that make him feel something exactly um and so yeah to stretch this just a little bit longer um i don't know like so has everybody been picking up on like the ein moments like when the computer was getting hacked and like uh ein jumps up and like super curious dog and then like the faces were kind of scary and then they like the dog starts (laughs) to whimper that dog Mm -hmm. is smart as shit and i'm just like i want y'all to see what that beautiful little corgi is capable of yeah i know what I I have to believe that Ayn is Ayn is going to be more significant to the story than he has, if only because of the episode where he's introduced, he's introduced as this like super genius dog that people are are literally killing people over. Yes, well, <laughs> like, I feel like that's another example of what I was talking about earlier of like the breadcrumbs yeah. that are just literally never resolved. Yeah. You would think they would at least hint back to it that like these people are still looking for Ayn. But this happened seven episodes ago, and we've just literally ignored it as, like, part of the story, except that he barks at the computer sometimes. Like, so, I mean, I keep, Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to predict that we're going to learn more about Ayn, but I'm starting not to believe it in my heart. I just feel like, (laughs) no, don't give up hope. 
<laughs> this um, is never going to happen. I'm never going to find out about this sweet baby corgi. I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I yes. I'm not even going to argue because, like, Ayn's real cute and I don't want to spoil anything. What's the anything. point? What's the point, though, of having Ayn in the story for so long and we don't know why? For this. For this. Well, uh, for this. But <laughs> also, Ayn thinking... serves as, like, a soft affection rod like ein is a blank yeah. slate for all of these characters right ein can just mm-hmm. ein is an outlet except for Faye in most cases but like <laughs> yeah even spike gets a little soft for ein like you'll yeah nope no spoilers but anyway yeah i'm just saying yep. ein probably serves you know in my opinion doesn't serve much of a purpose beyond just being like something that is lovable and gives a little bit of softness to the crew and gives them that outlet because these are like broken fucking people that cannot <laughs> exchange between themselves. Mm-hmm. So a, a sweet little soft corgi butt is much easier to access emotionally than a complicated yeah. human. I mean, yeah. That's surreal. Al- also, that's that's making me think Jet too. Like we know he has some sort of a past, like military or police-esque past. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember specifically. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's mostly just there. Yeah. Like, as... And, and it feels like at this point, he's more of a plot device. <laughs> than a character. Than a character, in a, in a lot of ways, at least. Where he's like, we have to get this bounty. This is this, is this impossible situation that we can't possibly do. Spike's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Like, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I am interested more in... It's, this, it's, it's such an interesting show because... I'm I'm still so we're nine episodes in and I'm not sure that I like the show, <laughs> but I really want to keep watching it. That's my favorite reaction. Like, does, yeah. Does that does that make sense yeah. though? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, I, I I don't not like it either. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. But I'm still I'm still in this like open like I could be pulled either it's direction. It's very nebulous quickly. until you feel like you understand what's happening to decide yeah. if you are in or not in favor of it, but. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Chris, was there, like, so for this episode has, like, aside from the fact that it's my favorite, like, what does this episode mean to you? What does it kind of do for you in the overall take for a Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Um, Something that stood out to me this rewatch versus, I- I've never considered this before this time sitting with y'all watching this, but there is this theme of like disconnect right in Mm -hmm. cowboy bebop and a lot of characters kind of uh, demonstrate that in different ways and to different degrees but i think it's fascinating and i don't want to i'm hesitant because sometimes i feel like my brain just goes too deep and i don't want to like put meaning where there isn't any but i will say like yeah there is something that struck me and it's that this conceptualization, I feel like what they're saying with this this episode is this this satellite becomes sentient after being kind of left to its own devices for so long. Mm. And the first thing that it does is go back to the past. The first thing that it does is right. get stuck in its own history and is trying to like p- basically put out a bat signal, like put out a call or commemorate these memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I feel like we are going to experience that or you do experience that with the show overall, but that's like, it's fascinating to think that maybe the message is that that's part of the human condition. That's this inescapable thing in all of us that letting go of the past is so, so hard. 
We programmed that even into our machines. Right. Like it like if this machine becomes a person or or has some semblance of a personality, the first thing it does is fall into a pitfall like we all do. Like it's human <laughs> mm-hmm. to not be able to let go and to be emotionally attached to things that are you know in a kind of a rational way. So completely. Yeah, I I just think I had never thought about that before watching this episode and I'm like the first thing this computer does when it quote unquote wakes up is like miss its friends and get stuck in that memory and not be able to evolve past that point. Like, That's what sad. we do. Oh, compl- yeah. yeah. That's what grief animal is. Crackers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, it's so cool that they were able to show what grief is or an interpretation of what it is in a computer in, in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the compassion you know, towards that as well. Right. You know, what's interesting is that, that I feel like furthers that point is when they show Ed talking to the computer, it doesn't look like it doesn't it's not code it's like a neural network I like was the animation the yeah. animation is very similar to what your neurons look like right. like and and i don't know that that to me really emphasizes Good what you're catch. saying chris it's a small and, way to humanize it and kind of reinforce mm-hmm. that meaning behind it yeah i i i really love that and i think i think seeing taking that and then seeing this edward who starts having this conversation and then like has all this like innocent empathy mm-hmm. right like because i feel like most a lot of people i don't i, won't, I don't want to say most <laughs> it, ha- it does happen a lot of times though where the older we get the more callous we get mm-hmm. right the the harder it is for us to put ourselves in someone's shoes and say like you're having a hard time and i just want you to know you have a friend mm-hmm. like it, but but edward has this innocence where none of the other characters have that spike spike we've seen little glimpses of wanting to try to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and caring but being so traumatized that he can't fully get there but ed ed sees a computer who's sad and is like we're gonna make a copy of you it's cool we're gonna turn in the fake we're gonna turn in the fake you and you can just come with me and it's gonna be good and we're gonna gonna have friends we're gonna be i'm gonna be friends with the murder satellite and it's it's fine (laughs) it's perfect and it's beautiful and murdering Oh. It had the potential for murder, like those lasers that were scattered. <laughs> right. Yeah. The minefield right. I, of lasers. That, yeah, murderous any, intent. Well, I th- I don't think it's all. It's not lost. I don't think that we meet Edward alone. Edward is not with anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We meet them, and that's a good, very good. The satellite point. is not with anyone and has no connection to anyone when we meet them. Right. And even some of these other characters, they seemingly have, like, no connection. Like, what are they even doing out here at this point? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the only known connection that we really have is Jet and Spike. But even that is loose at best. Sure. And it's like, yeah. Jet, Jet, for some reason, really cares about Spike. Because that's the, that's the only explanation for hanging out with that dude. Well, they have, like, that partner <laughs> vibe, too. Because we know, like, in a little bit of Spike's backstory, like, when he was with the Syndicate, he had that partner, like, out of the white hair, uh, Vicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, he's really comfortable with that partner dynamic. And Jet, as an ex-cop, space cop, um, partner mentality. Mm-hmm. He's mentioned it before. So, like, they have that vibe. But, like, that's... Mm-hmm. On the surface, that's the glue that's holding them together, even right. though we know that there is so much more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's it's mutually beneficial. And uh, somebody, I can't remember who made the comment when we were watching it, but there's a point where Edward's like, you can't use your computers, you have to do everything manually. And 
they do that a few times in the show. It feels like they're doing it to kind of reinforce that Spike and Jet are very skilled at what they do. Like, they are not yeah. bumbling idiots, mm-hmm. even though they keep missing. Mm-hmm. The missing of the bounties is often very circumstantial. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we have to reinforce that they are skilled. They are lethal people that are, they, you know, that's how they've survived for this long is because they have a very well-honed skill set. Um, but yeah, I think that they both understand that it's mutually beneficial that they stick together for now, whatever <laughs> that may mean. Mm-hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, this episode was so good. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I mean, when to take that point a little further too, is like when you go back to that first episode where we really dig into Spike's backstory, we, you see, you see some of that struggle with Jet of like, like Spike's got himself into this, this situation, like I'm not going to do anything. And, but also like, they very clearly show the distress that that puts Jet under because Jet does have some care for him. Yeah. So there's like, I don't you know. It's, it's, it. It's, it is very interesting. And it's, it's very, the, the Ed being alone at the beginning is also an interesting point because very clearly something has happened in their life too. Mm-hmm. Whether that's just like, I don't know, he, he kind of gives, or they, they kind of give me that like, super genius doesn't fit in anywhere vibe um, <laughs> i mean think like, about how people their view of ed was like yeah they're an ex-pro <laughs> basketball player they're a three-year-old yeah. baby which means that ed knows how to stay off the radar yeah yeah like mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines was when Jet, when jet's giving that rundown of what it is i think one of the things he says is is he's a gay alien yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it was so good but yeah, no, absolutely. Like they could stay anonymous completely that way. But that, uh, but that, but to be able to do it that well means it's a choice. Why are they doing oh, yes. it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Those are like mm-hmm. the, those are the questions that I want to know when I watch this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But why? But why? Yeah. And why are you so chipper and cute about it? Like, stop right? it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wrote down. Hold on. What was it? It was specifically. Oh yeah, not coming for Ed. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. <laughs> Love it. And, and, and I like that Spike and Jet are both like, wait, what did you promise? What did you promise this kid? <laughs> 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 And I also love how Ed is, like, so not bothered by it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're not coming for me. I, I can fix this problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Satellite from days of old. Lead me to your access code. Yes. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's our Corgi Butts on this one? Uh, right before we do Corgi Butts, I did oh. one more prediction from you, Stephen. Uh, so unfortunately, no Pokemon in this episode. Uh, so you don't get the one right from last. Um. Or were you, were, you just, were you just not paying close enough attention? Uh, nope, no Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so going forward, what do you think? Like, do you think we're finally going to get some like team shots where even like Ayn is involved? Do we think we're going to get some individual kind of... We're on episode 10. Do you think this is going to be a backstory episode? Because the last oh, one was on episode 5. It was 1-5 and yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure... Honestly, but I, I think given the style of writing that I'm I'm slowly I'm slowly accepting as the way that it is. I like um, that. <laughs> this is an unpredictable show. It mm-hmm. it is it is really unpredictable. Um but I, I feel like all of these characters are different devices to show the emotional state of the characters around them mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. And so I feel like sort of my prediction is that 
that Edward is going to be really significant specifically to Faye. Um, like, I think we're going to learn more about Faye through Ed. Hmm. Hmm. Just from that very last interaction at the end of the show, <laughs> of the end of the episode. That like, heckin' promise. I yeah. love that. Okay, well now, it is space corgi butt time. Let me lead the charge with an easy five wiggling <laughs> space corgi butts. <laughs> I don't know how you'd think I would give it any less. It had Edward, it had Ayn, it had space battles, it had lasers, it had humor, it had interesting NPCs and just enough of Spike, Jet, and Faye to keep me satisfied. So that everything I could ever want in an episode was accomplished here. Yeah. This was the funniest episode that's happened. <laughs> this was, there was the most humor in it. I'm going to go with a 4.5. I feel like, I, I feel like I have a hard time giving five um, for whatever reason. But uh, I really, I really, really liked it. I loved Ed. That dynamic was awesome. Yeah, just, I was entertained for sure. And we finally got to meet your favorite character. Yes. And I was so excited. <laughs> it only took like 50 hours, it feels like. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Heck. Uh, uh, Steven, yeah, how about you? I'm going to go, I'm going to go 3.5. Okay, tell me why. Um. I thought it was entertaining. I like the new characters, but I, I don't know. I, a lot of a lot of shows where they introduce a new character is the the episode that the character is introduced is usually not my favorite. Um because because you have to take the time to learn about who this individual is on the surface before you can start getting into who they actually are. And gotcha. so I feel like there was a lot of that in it. Um and uh yeah, it was it was good, but it was not like, like amazing. I, I I like I like when I can start to put the pieces together of either the depth of the characters or the depth of the story, and I feel like this was not this this is a super necessary episode to get to that point, but but it wasn't that specific point. Okay, that no, makes that sense. makes a lot of sense, Chris. Uh, I am actually kind of in the same camp as Steven. I think it gets four out of five corgi butts for me because okay. it does serve, you know, to Steven's point, it does serve a really important uh, kind of touch point. Um, it gives us a pillar to look back on. Uh, and I think it sets us up for a lot of really cool stuff down the road. Um, but I, yeah, I, I enjoy the humor. I do like Edward as a character. Um, but Edward is not necessarily my favorite. And I mean, Steven knows me well enough to know that like, I'm in it for the heartbreak. Like the, ah. the lulls are fine, but I want to feel bad. And that makes me feel good. So I, it, because it's not as much of a, uh, a heart wrencher, it feels a little fluffy in terms of the overall tone of the show. Absolutely. I, it doesn't get a perfect five from me, but it is still a really fun episode. I love that. We all have very different takes based on what we enjoy out of an episode, you know? Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. really what anime should be about. There's no right, one right answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you, class, for making it for this session. Uh, what was it called again? Jamming with Edward. 
I'm my personal favorite. Thank you, everybody, for tuning mm-hmm. in. Thank you for listening. I have been your host and sensei for Anime Attaché, B Zelda. You can find me on Twitter is at B underscore Zelda. I am a podcaster, streamer, sometimes cosplayer, and community manager for Adventures League. I have the world's busiest schedule, so if you are so inclined to catch any of the shows I'm doing on Twitch, you can check out my schedule, which is up on my Twitter pinned post. Steve. They're underselling how busy they are. <laughs> There's like bees in like 160 shows, I... more or less. <laughs> I cannot disagree. <laughs> Steven, where uh, can I'm, we find I'm and Steven, you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at the underscore bad DM, mostly talking about tabletop RPGs and making shows and doing all that sort of stuff with all these lovely people on this podcast and others. Um, I'm yeah. Kelsey. Uh, my Twitter handle is Kelsey D. Garcia. It's extremely hard to find me on the internet, <laughs> however. So um, good luck with that. And I'll see you back here on Anime Hatashi. <laughs> it's like a challenge at this point. Good luck finding me. <laughs> I hit the treasure map. You'll find the Twitter handle. You just probably won't find me there. Oh, so Amazing. good. And Chris, our marvelous exchange student that has taken lots of time from their busy day to come and talk about anime with us. Thank you so much for being here. And how do we find and support you online? Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kiss of Hemlock. Uh, I am a TTRPG actual play podcaster and streamer. I'm all over the place. Um, so I would say the best way to keep up with me would just be to follow me on Twitter. Fabulous. Thank you, everybody, for listening and stay tuned for our next session of Anime Attaché. Until then, Kelsey with the outro. Ooh la la! <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Perfection. Perfect. <laughs> Anime Attaché. Chris's talking spike happened at the exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot, fired. Literally, I'm so sorry that anybody that might hear this isn't going to get to see the look that was on Steven's face in that moment. Like, I've never, I've never in our entire friendship seen Steven have the the audacity of you yeah. face on the gall and the it was gall. a sight to behold i'm so sorry that you all missed it we'll cherish that chris that was like an eruption of old faithful like you have to you speaking had of to women with attitude <laughs> speaking of women with attitude <laughs> oh my goodness I'm sorry that I also think that I am so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny laughing at your own joke right now. Oh, I live.